Nerd News Now. Hey, welcome to Nerd News Now, everybody. I used up all my words today. Yeah. Miss <laughs> Jen was talking a lot on the shows. There was a I'm lot of you. there was a lot I, of hustle. The last like three days, I've sold more like specifically ninety merch than I did probably in the nineties. <laughs> I think that's true for anyone who sold anything in the nineties. I don't know, man. They they sold a lot of comic books in the nineties. More more than well, you know, a lot of them also ended up in uh, comic book stores, uh, back uh, warehouses, but <laughs> right. Well, this is specifically merch, like card sets and posters and wizard magazines and that kind of stuff. There was some real excitement in the room. I think people are realizing that a lot of that 90s stuff is where the movies are coming from right now. So trying to stay ahead of it. Yep. You know, I, I think people are looking at the wrong angle. You know, the, the stories back then were actually good. So you mm -hmm. should look at it from the perspective of, hey, this is a good read, not that it's going to be turned into a movie soon. That's true. Yeah, yeah. but people are dumb. We are people. <laughs> well, and I guess we can start with our first story, which is, and we'll come back around to the way we normally start this thing. Uh, mm -hmm. There was, There's a people are dumb story that's kind of a big deal. Okay. Uh, so because some people have seen Doctor Strange, and people are awful and dumb, uh, Disney has had to turn off commenting on all social media posts, YouTube, everywhere. That's why we can't have nice things. It's true. And I like I won't see that movie for a couple weeks. Same here. For, for no other reason than it's really hard for me right now to go to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. I can't sit for more than an hour or so without having my foot elevated above my heart. So it's like super painful for me to go to the movie theater. So I'm stuck unless, you know, somebody bit torrents that thing or something. Yeah, you you need to find that. one of those, the new ones that have like the giant recliners. Uh, well, that's where we normally go. But the problem is, is it's a 40 minute drive to that one. Ugh, gosh. So I'm like, by the time I get there, I'm in pain and then I can sit and watch the movie and then I'm in pain by the time I get home. So oh. it's like. Not a great trade-off. Um, I'm thinking about just renting a movie theater for myself so I can make sure I get the handicap seats. Do you guys still get them for inexpensive right now? I'd have to call the theater. I haven't bothered. I'm not actually going to do that for Doctor Strange, but, you know, I'd do it for a character I like. Look, the only reason you want to do that is if you're going to binge watch Emily and Bridget turned back to back for you know 48 hours straight. Outside of that, you don't need to waste your money on a theater. I couldn't go, but my friend Bridget had her birthday this weekend, and it was Bridget Tun themed. <laughs> and uh she works for Frank's Red Hot, the hot sauce company. Okay. Uh so uh, in, they had instead of having like cocktails and champagne and stuff, it was all hot sauce themed, like party favors. So it was a hot Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, now that I've teased uh, Kyle about that because I haven't done that in a few weeks, I had to bring it out. You know, I was uh, watching. I don't even remember where I was today. Oh, I was at the Chili's eating my. Liner while I was doing a research for our interview, which I didn't have to do today, but um, they had an, uh, a TV like uh, commercial on in the background. I just looked across the room and it was the actor that plays the um, Baron. And I was just like, oh man, I didn't realize how much I miss him. Aww. It was like seeing a family member that you hadn't seen in a while. Because they don't have him in this the second season of Bridgerton at all. He's not in there. I don't know if he had like prior engagements to do stuff or what. But uh, from what we know, he had only signed a one year uh, or one season agreement, and that oh. was his stipulation. He didn't want to do any more than just the one. So it was out of choice that he's done on season two. 
Someone needs to slap that man. Well, people often wind up regretting those decisions, right? Like, so it's entirely possible that if they do a season three, he'll be like, you know what? I was wrong. Can I come back? Every once in a while, right? Because the they can move because what they did with this year was put the the storyline on a specific other family member, so you didn't have to worry about it. But his wife still showed up. He was like, "Oh, right. he's in the Americas doing business." But at and, some point, that's going to be bad because everyone's going to be like, "Your husband ran away." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he's he's the duke, so he can't really run away. Oh, duke, um, sorry, and, and they they actually addressed that too before the season. They addressed it. They said, "Yes, we you know they have a plan already." To make sure that he's not going to be, you know, they have a workaround for it. Okay. They're going to kill him. <laughs> Why? Died on a sailing ship on the way back? That would be too much Downton Abbey. I mean, that's how you deal with a character that you need to be gone, but not mm-hmm. conspicuously gone. Is you kill them or you regenerate them, but this isn't Doctor Who. Or, or you have them, you know, actually travel to America and uh, be, you know, Five six thousand miles away that they can't communicate. They don't, they don't have um, right, but like not indefinitely. They don't have like if this show there. goes fifteen seasons, they're gonna have to deal with it eventually. Well, the way the way uh, Netflix is canceling shows left and right, I don't know if this is gonna be another. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know, the some of the moves Netflix is making is just wait. What are you guys doing? You know, it's there, there are, it's clearly desperation, right? It definitely seems like it. It, it. They raise their rates. They cancel top-rated shows. They cancel shows that they've spent a lot of money on already producing midway through their canceling them before they're finished. Um, yeah, it sounds it sounds like a, you know I, I know you guys have seen those memes out there, but it sounds like blockbuster all over again. Well, and they're cracking down on password sharing, which has been part of Netflix since day one. <laughs> Uh, like when you still had to get when you still had to get DVDs emailed to you, <laughs> you shared your password. Yep, and uh, you know there was a time when they kind of hinted that they didn't mind the password sharing. Um, no, there were social media posts where it's like, you know, share this like you share your password, <laughs> right? Um, I yeah, you know, I've, I've said this before, but. Them blaming losing 200 subscribers on password sharing had nothing whatsoever to do with them raising their prices, right? They lost they lost millions of subscribers when they lost the office. Uh, office isn't really gone. It's on what streaming services it on now. Right, but Netflix lost them to Peacock. Like, yep. That's that's so. Keep going, Brady. Finish what you're saying. No, I'm done. Go for it. Well, because that was one of the other stories, right? That Hulu just paid an insane amount of money to get Shit's Creek. That means Netflix is losing it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is they keep they lost the office, they lost friends, they lost Shit's Creek, they lost they Parks lost and Rec. The they, files. Stupidest move ever. <laughs> now right. we can also look at it from this perspective. They have they may have overpaid for all of those shows. At the beginning, and when it came time to renegotiation, the companies might have just said, "No, screw this. You're either paying what you paid before, paying more, or walking away." And at that point, Netflix might have been like, "Crap, we have to walk away." So they may have basically created this problem by overpaying for it previously. Right, but if you overpay for something, and then you come back and say, "Well, I can't pay that anymore," and somebody else is willing to pay more because they've seen what it does for you. See, uh, uh, I'm not sure if Hulu and Peacock. Well, I'm sure Peacock's not paying more because it's their property. But I don't think Hulu's paying more. They may have said, "Hey, look, we'll buy it for this much," and NBC's like, "Yeah, sure, go for it." Or CBS what was the headline? Hold on, let me find it. Uh, Hulu paid an insane price to get Shit's Creek from Netflix. Hulu pays a hefty price to snag popular sitcom Shit Creek, Shit's Creek from Netflix in a deal reportedly costing over a million dollars per episode. Uh, the report says that Netflix or Hulu paid uh, reported one point two million dollars per episode. A three-year deal was signed for all eighty episodes, and it'll be exclusively on Hulu in October. Who has the rights to Shit's Creek? 
Well, right now it's Netflix, but it's a Paramount show. Is it? Yeah, so really, I mean, they could go from Netflix to just put it on Paramount Plus and own it. Yep, I, and, you can't turn on $80 million <laughs> for doing nothing. It's more than that because it's $1.2 million per episode. So we're looking at about $100 million. Like $100 million. Yeah. Why would Paramount do that? That's no, $100 million profit. Yeah, they don't have to worry about anything. Right. No, absolutely. Paramount wouldn't, but they could have if the problem was Netflix. Yeah. The problem isn't Netflix. The problem is that Netflix doesn't want to pay market price for these things. So, you know, in retail, um, one of the things we all have to deal with is leases, right? Every few years we have to renegotiate our lease. If there's a if there's a spot we want, really want, and we're like, hey, we've got the money to do this, we might overpay for it. But let's say our sales aren't what we want it to be. And come down the line, time for lease, lease renewal, your landlord's definitely going to say, hey, look, either you pay what you're paying, pay more, or leave. No exception. Now, you can, wa- you can be walking out the door and say, you know what, screw this, I'm not doing this anymore. And the landlord might come after you and say, no, no, you know what, you know what, look, we're still talking, we'll get this done. Don't worry, I, you know, let me talk it over with the rest of the guys and blah, 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 blah. This could be the same situation Netflix is in. Netflix might be saying, hey, I don't, you know, I, I, I can't afford to pay what I paid you guys. And if Hulu hadn't jumped in, maybe Paramount would have been like, all right, you know what? Let's uh, get 50 million from you guys. Whatever. Right, Miss Jen? Maybe. I mean, they, I don't know if they're shopping these things or what, because if it's already with somebody, do you, are you shopping it? Is there a, is there an amount of time that you, that Netflix negotiated for? And they're, it's just like an eBay listing. We were like, oh, there's three days left. We, we got to go after that and see if uh, we can get it before Netflix renews. Well, that's how these contracts were worked is it's, you know, a hundred million dollars over three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means Hulu gets it for three years, and at the end of three years, they have to have paid a hundred million dollars. So, like, if 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 Netflix wasn't willing to come to that number, Netflix could have said, "Yeah, we'll give you seventy-five million. But it's just like it'd be like going and renegotiating your lease. Sure, except that your landlord has a line of people out the door wanting to rent your space. Or at least that's what your landlord is telling you. But in this case, we know that because we know there are more streaming services. Correct. Um, like, it's it becomes Paramount's problem. If Netflix says, we want to pay you $75 million, and Paramount goes, we know the market value on this is 100 that becomes Paramount's problem to go and get that 100 Or they can correct. go back to Netflix and get 75 But if Paramount knows that they, one, own their own streaming service... To have Amazon, have HBO, have Hulu, have all of these other options where they can go and say, hey, we'd like to get $100 million. You know you have other potential lessees. Now, if all those other lessees come back and say, well, we heard Netflix offered you $75, we'll give you $60. Now you decide, do you keep it for yourself and let it go unrented or rent it to Netflix and make some money? I don't understand why why you wouldn't say if you it's a different price if you want to have it as an exclusive, right? Because there's surely if something's in syndication somewhere, but this is pre pre streaming, right? When we just had cable, I'm sure there were like multiple channels that had like Seinfeld or whatever that you could that you could just like whatever time of the day you're like oh well they're the, at five o'clock hour there's an episode that's playing on X channel. Yes. But so, they had exclusives on seasons or episodes. Okay. N- not exactly. Hmm. So the way syndication deals used to work is that once your show aired a hundred episodes, it could go into syndication. Correct. So it was only exclusive to the original airing network unless they made it, which is a whole other thing. So like, NBC made Friends, so Friends was exclusive to NBC, always. 
But once it got to 100, the studio that was making Friends, which was whatever studio that was, and I can't think of their name, uh, Bright Kaufman, could take that show because they were up fronting the money and sell the syndication rights. So television used to work where a studio would make it. Say, okay, so say my studio, Conversion Box Media would make a show. Then I would sell you that show for first air. And you, you would, we would work out a deal. And then when it, once a hundred episodes hits, I could take those first hundred episodes and go and sell them in syndication. Correct. To multiple people, right? If you wanted. Yeah. But so any, anybody who signs for that will probably say, "Hey, I want the first twenty-five for myself, exclusive." That's not how that works because I okay. paid to make the show. Yes, but you can definitely demand it. You can definitely pay extra for it too. Yeah, I mean that's that that's the thing, right? That's why it didn't happen. So, there the first the first twenty five episodes of the first season were never exclusive. Once you hit that hundred episode mark, correct. So here's a ex- prime example, right? Friends is on HBO Max right now. I was <laughs> I was in the hospital last week, and there were two hours in a twenty four hour span where Friends wasn't on some channel on my television. Oh yeah. And you know what those two hours were? 4 a.m. 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at it from the perspective. Look at those channels and see what episodes they've, they're allowed to air. It would, I, I'm willing to wager that they are not overlapping episodes. No, they are. Uh, what will happen, and this is, this is, this is, and I know because I watch them. Um, <laughs> They can't, they don't run in the same order, right? So, TBS will start season one, episode one, and run through the end. And then, Comedy Central maybe starts six months later with season one, episode one, and TBS is wherever they're at. So, you might be watching season two on TBS, and then go over to Comedy Central later and be watching season four. Like, they don't run at the same pace or in the same same it's not a prescribed airing and then like uh nickelodeon runs them well nickelodeon runs them a little differently because nickelodeon has kids so they run them as packages so they're like they'll do chandler bing night and they'll play like chandler's best episodes and monica's best episodes so they air it differently but they still air stuff from every season so it's if they're get, if so, if Bright Kaufman's getting syndication from let's say just those three networks, plus HBO, there's none of it on Peacock, and Peacock aired it originally. So it's all about who's willing to pay up for market value. Correct. And Netflix is apparently not willing to pay market value on these things, or they can't keep up with market value. Also, keep in mind Netflix has for especially for Shit's Creek. Um, they have one thing that no other person or other station has, which is their data on how the show is doing and you know, how it did for the last four or five years and how it's doing now. If they're seeing there's not enough people streaming it, they may not put enough value into it. You know, for like myself, I stopped watching the show. I think it was like season two or three. Uh, because it, the season ended and I just didn't jump back on the next season. And, to be honest, I don't really care how it ended anymore. Uh, they have five seasons on there, I believe. Six or whatever. something like that. But yeah. here's what's interesting, and this is where it gets real fun. Shit's Creek is in syndication. It airs on Comedy Central and airs on a couple of other networks. So if Hulu can get those numbers, it helps to determine that value, right? And and that's why these parent company deals really matter. And Netflix refusing to partner up with somebody keeps them isolated yep the other thing could be that's hurting netflix is you know movies like uh they've been making original movies those big blockbuster movies they're making and releasing on their platform are costing them an arm and a leg but i don't know if they're bringing in any revenues there's no ad revenues um and they're not they're not re-releasing those movies on well they might you never know they might put them out for 
network TV to air later on. But at this point, they might just be hurting financially. We, we can actually look at their books and soon because they are a public traded company. So we those books are available to us. Like, What's your take, Ms. Jen? Yeah, his, his thing is you have to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the weird thing I've never understood is like if you if a place usually relies on um, sponsorship or ad revenue and it doesn't have those things, then and it only and it relies entirely on the amount of people that are subscribed at any one time. It's like, how do you? How do you, why are you making original content that's not like, you know, episodic or whatever? Why are you making movies? Because people watch it. People aren't going to like join your network for the one time movie that you're making. Well, um, I, I agree. I mean, uh, because they'll just wait. They'll watch it on YouTube because somebody, somebody's going to put it on YouTube for them later mm -hmm. on anyway. So they'll do that if they want to watch that movie. And that's the thing, right? Like with Netflix, they paid all that money to make the gangster movie. That won the Oscar, the Scorsese thing. Which is a great movie, man. <laughs> it is. But I don't know anybody who was willing to pay extra to see it. Um, but but here's the thing. If that movie was released in theaters, it would have made a hundred to two hundred million. Sure. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I already have Netflix, I'm gonna go watch it. Yes. If I don't already have Netflix, correct. So I'll, I'll turn it around on you, right? I don't have Netflix. I'm not going to pay it to watch Bridgerton or Emily in Paris. Is that why you're not watching it? My hey, parents have Netflix. Maybe somebody should share their password with you. <laughs> like my parents have Netflix and I have an account on that Netflix, but I can't tell you the last time I logged in. Well, Be I, I told you guys what happened to mine, right? No. Somebody deleted my profile. Oh, that's ah. right, one of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's willing to admit who did it. So I did I did finally create a new profile, and guess what it's doing now? Recommending Emily and Bridgerton to me every single day. <laughs> it doesn't change anything, Brainy. I, I it still recommends Emily and Bridgerton and stuff to me, and I've right. already finished them. It's like why yeah. why is that the banner that you're showing to me when I have already watched them? Their algorithm needs some work. See, and that's why I love the services I have. So I log into Paramount Plus today to watch an NCIS reboot or repeat. Mm -hmm. Like, because when I'm editing, I have to watch stuff I can't pay attention to. Right. Like, otherwise, I'll watch when I watch TV and not work. Um, but I need the background noise. And what did it recommend to me? Children's programming. <laughs> <laughs> it does know you. Right. So I'm like, ooh, that looks good. I'm going to add that to my queue. And so now tonight I'm going to go watch Bluey or something. So one of the beauties of me creating a new profile is the, my previous profiles are always, you know, muddled up with other people just adding stuff to their list or watching something on there. Now I've got a ton of Indian movies, so it's recommending a lot of Indian movies to me. <laughs> it's all loaded with Bollywood movies on there, which I've already watched all of anyway. Anyway, you were saying, Kyle? No, no, no. I just that would be that would be the thing I would most look forward to about having a Netflix account. All of a sudden, is like okay, now I get to build this list uh -huh. and get real recommendations from them. Which is again, HBO does it for me. Uh, Paramount's doing it for me. Peacock does it for me. You know what Peacock thinks I want to watch next? The Office. Do you know what I just watched? Parks and Rec. <laughs> well you know you gotta... then i'll circle back and i'll watch the office and be like do you want to watch brooklyn 99 i absolutely i do <laughs> you know like it understands that i'm there for sitcoms and pro wrestling and that's that, it you gotta hand that to netflix they basically perfected that algorithm and everybody else is basically you know using what netflix had done i would say this netflix's algorithm was never very good at predicting what i would like it's been a hundred percent right with me for everything except for Ozark. Ozark's too dark for me, but no. it recommended um, uh, Russian Doll, and we and my hey, husband and I started watching it. It's amazing. We dislike the main character immensely, but we cannot <laughs> stop watching it. <laughs> right. Like I said, it's it's one of those things. Is that Netflix? 
And I think it's because my Netflix account existed for so long. Mm-hmm. Like I had a Netflix account when I was too young to rent movies at Blockbuster. <laughs> like when you used to have to be 21 to rent movies at Blockbuster or whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a Netflix account when I was 18. Um, I, I so, do want to mm-hmm. point out that if anybody had an account or was shopping at Blockbuster, you're not too young for anything. <laughs> That's probably true. But it, like, you know, you used to have to be 21 to have your own Blockbuster card because mm-hmm. you could take out adult films. Um, but Netflix didn't care. So I had a Netflix account at 18. So all of that Kyle, who is super immature, uh, more immature than now, super immature, like wanting to rent all the National Lampoon movies, and that kind of stuff, like all of that was in that algorithm. So by the time Netflix went streaming only, it had no idea what I wanted to see. Because I would I would get two DVDs and one would be like National Lampoon's College Vacation or whatever. And then the other one would be, I don't know, something from the Criterion Collection. Uh-huh. And they're like, we don't know how to pick for this kid. He wants to see <laughs> dumb fart jokes, but he also wants to see Nosferatu. Like... <clears throat> I don't know. So there's other news other than this. Yeah. I, I think we spent a half hour on Netflix already. <laughs> yeah. There's other news other than this, including what I, what I consider some of the biggest comic book news to have happened in the last few decades. Uh, Frank Miller, Dan DiDio coming together <laughs> to form, huh? I thought that was what you were going for. <laughs> yeah. To form the uh, Them Crooked Vultures of Comics, a.k.a. Comic Book Power Couple, Supergroup, Frank Miller Publications. Mm-hmm. Are you guys as excited as I am? Or am I just like that guy? So. Yeah, I'll let Miss Jen go for us on this one. <laughs> it depends on wh- what they're doing, right? If they're going to rely on Frank for s- storytelling and art for everything, it's going to get it's a one-trick pony thing for a lot. Lo- if, if they're bringing in talent that Frank and Dan like and are raising them up and doing parts with them and kind of like combining superpowers, I guess, I think that'd be a much better move. But if it's all Dan, all Frank all the time, I don't know how long that's going to be appetizing. You know, we're, we're of a certain age. Uh, we've seen old works from these, both these gentlemen. We're fans. Mm-hmm. But the newer generation may not feel the same way we do. Uh, like Ms. just said, if all we're seeing is these two gentlemen creating the same stuff they've done in the past, even new material, but, you know, They've still got their style. Their 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 style is set. They're not going to change very much. Um, Frank, here we go. Frank Miller presents will or will produce approximately two to four work titles a year. The titles will be based will be both based on Miller's previous works and new projects. Uh, announced that one of their first titles will be Sin City, eighteen fifty eight, a western set in the Sin City world that Miller formed in the nineteen nineties. Uh, they also are going to do a Ronin or do Ronin book two, the six issue sequel to the Ronin miniseries published in 1983. Um, so the publisher has not yet, to, yet announced the creative team behind any of the projects, and it's not yet known if Miller will return to write or draw any of the titles. Okay, so is Sin City not written by Frank Miller the same as what we know? Well, to me, you know what this kind of feels like? Stan Lee presents. Could be. Which wasn't necessarily a good thing. No. I've got boxes full of times. <laughs> right. They might I, you know. they, they're both smart cookies. They might totally come just do something we're not thinking of. Um, you know, we, we've picked on another publishing 
we have picked on another publishing oh my god the publishing <laughs> company is this the bridgerton incident all over again so, it so seems like it right now doesn't it um you know bad idea love them hate them we're very creative or they still are you know i don't even know what the heck they're doing anymore with donuts and stuff but they took a different approach than traditional publishers it worked well in today's market it worked well with the today's audience we have can this new company do the same or are they going to be just like traditional publishers and you know is it going to be another 1992 valiant where they got a lot of talent they brought a lot of good books but where are they now trucking along pretty good with Dinesh. I, you know, again, as much as I love those guys, they're they're great guys. I love the games they play, but I think the, the game of, Hey, we're done. Kind of left a lot of people not very happy. Mm -hmm. And well, and to say, Hey, we're done. And then not be like for now, or to not be like, Hey, we're done as bad idea and then make their announcement first of the year like they said they would as to what they were going to do and, and part of it I, I think part of it was because the pandemic delayed a lot of the stuff they were doing uh both at the them. start and towards the end so you know we give them that benefit of the doubt and still love those guys and they're they're awesome i still look forward to all the shenanigans they play oh yeah right i mean yeah, like people, i said it's yeah. I, I, I really hope what they're out there doing is securing further investment, you know, in that similar concept. And they're going to come back as a more traditional company that still plays their games because then I have something to talk to Adam Freeman about on the regular. <laughs> um, you know, they still play their games, but maybe their games are a little bit more palatable for everybody. I agree. You know. So, you know, let's see how this, uh, yeah, this, what was the new company called? Frank Miller Production? Yeah. Frank let's Miller Presents, how, something uh, like that. Frank Miller Present, yeah. <laughs> let's see how that rolls out. Let's see where, it, you know, where it goes from there. They're, they're, they just announced they're getting together to do it. So let's see what projects they come out with. I think their first mistake is not calling it cro Crooked Vultures. But, okay. Right. <laughs> um, M Crooked Vultures is a rock supergroup. Uh, that was made up of great parts from other bands. They could have also called it Sin City. That, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, hey, the name the name's recognizable. Everybody knows who Frank Miller is. Uh, again, I, I question whether the new generation is as big of fans as we are. I hope they are. You know, I still look forward to anything anytime there's uh, any mention of Frank Miller coming out with new stuff. So, and I know I wasn't as big a fan as the two of you. So, uh, for those of you out there wondering, them crooked vultures is Josh Home from Queens of the Stone Age and uh, John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin and Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. Awesome song. They're very good, but they haven't played in like I don't know ten but, years. Yeah, they they probably what created one album, even if that. No, they 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 had a thing. Okay, uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, they practice every once every one once every decade or so, uh, is what Dave Grohl said in twenty nineteen. So, you know, anyway, um, so before we move on to the other kind of major comic news from this week, uh, let's talk about, yeah, so free comic book day is this weekend. Crazy. I bet you I have the coolest thing for my free comic book day that nobody else has. Okay. What do you have? A friend of the store who was formerly a Blue Angel 
now has a living as a professional Santa. And he has a Santa outfit that's like, looks like he's an old fashioned Santa at the beach and he's got like, got a surfboard. So we're going to have Santa Claus at our free summer. comic book day. Santa Claus in summer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever, ever fans of uh, Phineas and Ferb. Um, because oh, their, their entire show was based in the summer. And of course, they had to do a Christmas show. So it was Christmas in June or July or something like that. Um, Brainy, what do you have planned for Free Comic Book Day? So um, Free Comic Book Day this year falls on the same weekend as Kyle disappearing. <laughs> we are back. It falls on the same weekend as uh, my wedding anniversary. And uh, this year, I am actually not doing anything for Free Comic Day. I left it all up to the staff. They're deciding what we're going to do, what not. Did Miss Jen freeze? She did freeze. Kyle left. Miss Jen froze. Uh-oh. Her router <laughs> might have popped again. But, you know, that's a perfect pose for her to freeze on. I wish I knew why the power kept going off. She just texted us. Yes. She'll be back. But, uh, yeah, so this year uh, I unfortunately will not be handling anything free comic book day. I'm spending the weekend with my wife uh, out of time going to a couple of concerts. We're going to go to a little Don, Don, oh, my God, John Legend in Vegas. Um, you know, that's my plan for free comic book day. Nice. I uh, am not doing anything. Can't really leave the house. That's why I'm on a couch right now. Like, so uh, if I was, I would either be uh, my local comic shop always has great cosplayers and a good time. But Pack Rat Comics in Columbus, Ohio, has Tony Schiavone, the voice of AEW. Nice. Uh, so I would go there on Saturday, and then uh, a. A friend of mine, Andrew, who has a shop in the Cincinnati area, is doing two days of free comic book day. So I would head there on Sunday and come back. So that would be my plan if I could leave the house. But instead, I will be here. Um, for those that are not aware of what free comic book day is, <laughs> we should explain. True. To we them. should probably talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so free comic book day came about what, about twenty years ago now. Has it been twenty years? Oh lord! It, I think twenty twenty was supposed to be twenty years. What? No, it would be. Yeah, it might be. You're right. It might be. Uh, so twenty twenty two years ago, uh, ago uh, you know, a, a program launched where almost every retailer in the world decided. Well, they shouldn't decide, but publishers and retailers and distributors got together and came up with a day where they had select comic books that they decided to give away to promote uh, reading comic books amongst everybody. Uh, I believe each year, even the first year was like, what, 15 titles, if I remember correctly? Uh, oh, I, I don't remember, man. I, uh, who, the first, so this is 20, and, 20 years. The first, it was May 4th, 2022. Or 2002. So 20th year anniversary. That's perfect. Um, the very first year they gave away, I believe, Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Um, that was the big book I remember back then. Of course, they had a lot of others too. But. So something that I didn't remember is that every year they tried to s schedule a superhero movie with it. And they've only missed it a couple of times. So back in 2002, it was the original Spider-Man. That it was. Two, 2003, it was X2. <clears throat> 2004 was Spider-Man 2. Nothing 2005 or 6. Spider-Man 3 in 2007. Iron Man, X-Men Origins, Iron Man 2, Thor, The Avengers, Iron Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, Captain America Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. This is the one I remember. Oh, Miss Jen is back. Ta-da. So I remember the year Guardians came out. I 
one of my staff had gone to see it. And I couldn't go because that was the year I gave away free comic book day. Uh, we, I had done a, I did a promotion uh, supporting a local homeless shelter in my, in my town. So any money we made free comic book day went to charity. Nice. Like, so I was busy getting ready. Like I'm seeing my posts on Facebook memories this week of me, like slowly melting down towards this day. Like, you know, like everybody does. It's, I remember I, the post from today was, does anyone know where I can buy quarter inch thick sheet sheets of, uh, of plexi of glass? Because I decided that that was the week to replace all of the glass in my display cases. Like, you know, the busiest week of the year, I'm going to replace all the glass in my display cases. Um, but the, the memory I have is threatening to fire him if he spoiled it. And him going, you know, it's free comic book day. You can't fire me. And I, did, I go, I didn't say anything about firing you from your job. And so I started t t chasing him around with a butane torch. In a comic book store. Yeah, that was real yeah, dumb I'm of me. I'm glad you don't run a comic book store anymore, man. Miss Jen's, uh, Jen's router is rebooting again, I can tell. Because <laughs> she would be reacting to that story if she was here. Right. You do not run around in a comic book store with any sort of flames. Period. Well, what was funny is that I'm not very fast. He was. And every time I'd move, it'd blow out. <laughs> so, like, it, was, it was like a thing out of the Three Stooges. You so. still don't do it. <laughs> not in a comic book store. It's true. But anyway... Um, you no, know, so one, one thing about free comic book day, at least for me personally, and that, that just might be because I'm, you know, I'm taking more of a back seat in the industry and whatnot. Um, I think it's lots of pizzazz as it used to have. It's it's not the same as it used to be. Uh, and like I say, it might just be personal for me personally. It might, you know, it might differ for everybody else, whatnot, but. Even last year, we didn't do very, we didn't do practically anything for free comic day. If somebody came in, uh, they got the free comic books. We didn't run any special events. We didn't do anything, and we were okay with it. I think part of it in the last few years has been pandemic dampened, right? Like there, there's certainly a part of it that's that. But I mean, for me, it was always a huge day of having massive sales. Like I would, I would do discounts. Like I would do no other day of the year. And people, there was, there was a huge part of this industry. It's like, you can't do sales on free comic book day. You're already giving away free comic books. And I'd be like, tell that to the 30 grand I gave to the homeless shelter. Right. Right. Like that's not nothing. No, like I said, it was always a big day for that. But what was funny is there's a year I didn't do it. Uh, I was going through some stuff with Diamond, and so I just didn't do free comic book day. But it was May 4th, so we celebrated Star Wars Day. And, still and it, wound up, it wound up being just as big as if I'd had free comic book day. So for me, what free comic book day was, is even if it didn't feel like free comic book day, it was a great opportunity to get people into a local comic book shop and, you know, really kind of spread the love of the local comic book shop because we would always have the sale flyers or the flyers of what the other stores in town were doing even the stores that i had beef with because it's hey okay you came here you got your free comics from me you took advantage of my sale make sure you go over there and check out what they've got going go see the cosplayers at monarch yeah. i never had cosplayers so i'd send them there to see cosplayers um you know, go to the game room for the free gaming stuff because I never carried that. You know, and make sure you patronize everybody. One thing about Free Comic Book Day is we see a lot of people we haven't seen in a very, very, very long time. We also see people that will only shop with us. Well, I shouldn't even say shop. will show up for the free comic books. And It's it's interesting. It's it's interesting the, the the way the crowd acts on that specific day. Um, 
Right. No, it's it's there it comes with expectations from people, but my kind of answer to that always was to stores usurp those expectations. Yep. Exactly. You know, people come in and expect to get their free comics. That's great. But give them a reason to do more. Like give them a sale. Or one of my favorite things was I would bring in a magician. Like, okay, other people are bringing in cosplayers, but I've got a guy making balloon animals for the kids. We used to do face painting. Uh, we put a circus tent in our parking lot and had a DJ and had other vendors come in. Costco came with cookies. Nice. Uh, we had, you know, other little, you know, just that kind of stuff, like local business, local, other local businesses could set up in our circus tent. Like, give them a reason to stick around. We, I brought in a video game trailer every year where for a donation to whatever charity we were working with that year, kids could go in and play a game of Madden in the video game trailer or play a game of Smash or whatever. Yep. Like, give them a reason to do more and they will. So the first two years uh, of Free Comic Book Day, there was a really nice brand new... Actually, well, the first year was new. They just opened up a month or two before Free Comic Book Day. It was a Peruvian restaurant. So for the first two years, we spent, you know, we buy like a few hundred dollars worth of uh, their chicken and their food. And we would give that away for free for two people. One, it would help the restaurant out because it'll be, it was good food. People tried it out. And two, it was food. <laughs> you know how much we love our food, especially when it's right. free. Um, and that went really well. But of course, it's cost. Um, for those people that don't know, we're in an area where we've got, probably 20 comic book slash game stores in a 10 mile radius. That is a lot for any area. We are one of the smallest stores here, you know, um, size wise, customer base wise and everything whatnot. The big guys can bring in, you know, they can bring in people again, you know, we've lost a few guys uh, recently as well, but they can bring in big names, creators to do signings and stuff, which we can't compete with but we still saw a good amount of people show up because of the little things we would offer, like face painting, like free food, like the things you mentioned, you know, having clowns, having tents and whatnot. Uh, so those are things that a lot of retailers can do to make this day much bigger than it is. Right. Like I said, it was, it was always do something to make it more than just being about free comics. Like right. people would always get so salty. People just come to my store for the free comics, and if I'm going to have to pay for the free comics, and I'm not giving them a dime off, which again is, is I understand a, that exactly. It's understandable because the retailers do put in a lot of money to give these away, and, and this happened, and this is one of the reasons why we started doing. Uh, when we started off, we did not do any limits. You can take one copy of any. If there were fifty different books, you can take one copy of each fifty different book, and we'd be we were okay with it. Until, you know, I forgot. It was one of the early years when we went out to clean up the trash and we saw a whole stack of them in the trash can. Right. Uh, and this is stuff we spent money on. You know, mm -hmm. we're like, hey, if you didn't want it, you didn't have to take it. Right. But you took them all and you threw them right. And there was like right outside our store. So. Right. We always did uh, five. You could get five of any title. And then what we would usually do is we would have strip covers or we would have stuff that would otherwise wind up in our dollar bin or our donation bin or whatever. We would put on another table and you could take five of those. So people could get 10 comics or we would do uh, the year we gave free comic book day away. If people made a donation, they get five additional free comics. Make a little donation to charity. Here's additional free comics. Right, it's not free, but you've got your free. Make a little donation, and you can get ten more, Correct. ten more titles, and that's five per person you come with. That's not five per family. It's five per. So you come with ten people. That's fifty comics walking out the door. Correct. Um, you know that kind of stuff. But I that was always my rule was just do something to make them stay and make them spend some money. And and honestly, there are always going to be people that are just there for the free comic books, nothing else. There are always some people who are going to be there for your sale, nothing else. You expect that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are going to be people that are going to spend a lot of money, whether you have a sale or not. They are there to support you. 
because mm-hmm. that's what they want to do. Uh, they may not even take your free convos. They might just buy, you know, whether you're doing a sale or not, they might just support you that way. So there, there's a different, there's a lot of different audiences out there for that specific day. Right. Uh, free comic book day was the only day I would ever give a sale on my slabs, my graded comics. Dang it. I wish I had known that. I would have gone and stole, I mean, uh, uh, bought all of your books. Well, but I had a guy who would say, oh, free comic book day is amateur day. But he'd show up, he'd be first in line so he could get in and buy his slabs. Slabs. That he'd been eyeballing for six weeks. Uh, and see, that, to that point, there were those customers that would not buy stuff, wait for free comic book day sale so they can acquire that item <laughs> during and, free and, comic book day sale. And I always said to this guy, I go, dude, if you just asked, <laughs> like, you didn't have to be here at four in the morning. Yep. If you'd have just asked me last week, hey, man. Can I get, you know, if I'm going to buy five slabs, can you help me out? And I'd have been like, yes, I can. <laughs> you know, like, no, 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 whatever. It's also one of the reasons why we stopped advertising our free comic book day stuff early. Um, we always wait till at least the Tuesday or Wednesday of that week now to make our announcements. My favorite thing to do would be to troll people. Uh, I would make different graphics so uh, it would show what's going to be on sale but not for how much. And so it was like that scene in Major League where they're taking the clothes off the the owner. You know, they're peeling the stickers off like to reveal like, you know, her. Uh, So every day I would reveal another thing that was going to be on sale. And then on the Thursday before Free Comic Book Day, I'd reveal the discounts. You know, so people would get all hyped up and I'd be like, you get 10%. You idiot, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I guess we're we're at fifty four minutes, and we'll cut out like three minutes in there where Brainy was checking his emails, and um, we probably should talk about Neil Adams. Yes. Do you have any Neil Adams stories? I unfortunately do not. Um, I knew the gentleman. I was a fan of his works. Um, but you know, seeing the stuff the other retailers have put up, seeing what uh, other fans have put up, I have no stories like that at all. Uh, one thing I do <laughs> want to point out that if you look at different pictures of Neil, in every single picture he is wearing a blue shirt. He had that blue shirt with a pen in his pocket or pencil or whatever it was in his pocket, and that was his signature. I saw him in a white shirt one time. Really? <laughs> was it because somebody spilled a uh, coffee on his blue shirt and he had to wear a white one? No, he was going to dinner. <laughs> like I saw him walking out of the hotel and I went, that's Neil Adams. He's wearing a white shirt and black pants. He must. And I think I, I, I may be misremembering, but his son might've been carrying his suit coat. Still, you know, so that, that's a thing. Um, I, I met Neil several times. We knew each other pretty okay. Um, the thing that I haven't talked about well, for Neil Adams, and I was kind of saving it for the right moment, is that when we launched the experience, uh, we were looking for some big-name people to kind of come a- and be some of our first interviews, and uh, he was the first. We wound up getting some great names for our EXP Expo our first weekend, and we had an interview with Tim Hildebrandt that was great. Or is it Greg? I can never remember which one is still alive. So one of the Hildebrandts. Um, but we set one up with Neil Adams like a week before we launched this thing. And it was Nick interviewing him. And they talked for almost three hours. I had to cut it down to get it to two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> That's not cutting it down. <laughs> well, but that was all I could cut. Like That's cutting things where like they stammered or where Neil had to like look something up or, you know, he's yelling at Marilyn. Now, who was that? You know, cutting that stuff out to get it down to two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, and I just never forget how generous he was when we were nothing. Like we hadn't launched. Nobody knew what the experience was going to be. You know, it was everybody was just going, can you do us a favor? Can you do us a favor? And he was like, I see the value in what you're doing and I will do you this favor 
Oh, and by the way, I will come through in such a massive way. So. Um, okay. Uh, we have a couple minutes. Uh, do you want to do like three books you're looking forward to this week? Uh, let's see. I haven't looked at my list yet, so let me see what I got in here. Uh, well, while you're doing your three, I will do mine. All right. Sounds good. Does that sound like a plan? Uh, there's a new Archer and Armstrong, number one from Valiant Comics. There is. Uh, from Source Point Press, Buzzard and Bone. Uh, number one, and there is uh, a an Aftershock book, and for the life of me, I'm forgetting the title. Um, uh, it's going to bug me now. Lo- uh, Dogs of London, number one. Ah, yes. Um, I'll add to that uh, Flashpoint Beyond. I'm looking forward to that. It's a... Uh... It's a new take on, uh, well, I shouldn't say a new take, but a uh, yeah, continuation of the Flashpoint, which was like five years ago, ten years ago, something like that. Yeah, it's, I, God, it's got to be close to ten. Um, yep, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, this is the week where we start getting our free, the final run of the free comic book day book, so that's, you know, something I'm looking forward to as well, the remainder of them. Uh, let's see, what else can I... There is a scout book coming out called Quests Aside. I have that as Vault. Is it Vault Scout? I'm sorry, you're right. It is Vault. My apologies. It is Vault, not Scout. Uh, and Sensational Spider-Man number zero. Wait, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, that don't seem right. These must be reprints, and they're on my. Huh? Yeah, they, they've got to be reprints. There's no way these are. These are new releases. I don't. I don't see it that way. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I I have a lot of stuff on my list, but nothing that's popping out to me right now. Yeah. Uh, it, well, in this free comic book week, is always a weird week, right? There's not a ton of new content being pushed out. Correct. Uh, because people want you to focus on their free comic book stuff, which is fine, but. It it's also a good week for you to have a light pull list and go in and uh, shop around for other stuff. Yeah, you're... snap up other stuff that your stores are offering. Um, I will say, since Brainy couldn't come up with a third one, I will throw out uh, there are once again two covers of the Sandman Book Three trade paperback, uh, which I have ordered. So, speaking of trade paperbacks. Uh going back a little what's going on with batman venom it's so i don't know if i ever told you it's one of my favorite batman stories ever i uh, i don't know what you're talking about uh you should look it up it's batman venom it's a trade paperback reprinting some old uh legend of dark knight stories i remember i remember the batman venom story well, the reason i ask is uh we're starting to see people pick it up on our website not not locally but on oh our website. i wonder because they announced that second the batman movie Oh, is oh, that man. maybe part of it? I hope so because, like I said, it, it's if not if not my favorite, but one of my favorite uh, stories, Batman stories. It's got one of my favorite covers of all time. Uh, so I, I'd be excited if they do do that book as a as a movie. Yeah, I'd love to dig into that. Maybe we'll save that one for next week. Yeah, definitely. Because, but I've been sitting here with my foot down for too long, and it's starting to hurt. So believe it or not, so is mine. Mine's falling asleep. I don't know why. Not enough blood going down to my feet. Anyway, so let's call it a night, guys. Yeah. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out other shows on Woodlands Online, like Weekly Fallout Sports Talk, The Adventure Begins Show, Four Reels, The Best You, Between the Trees Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our... Ki- and on our partner station, KVQT HD 21, over the air. All of these shows and more on Roku right now. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. Now you can listen to our podcast versions of these shows on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. So for Miss Jen, who is currently in the dark, Brainy, whose foot is asleep, and me, who can feel the blood rushing to my hip, uh, 
we will see everybody next week on Nerd News Now. <laughs> <laughs>